If there was ever an episode that needs your feedback, it's this one. Let's talk about confidentiality. What can we say? What can we do? Episode 16, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right. Interesting topic this week, confidentiality. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how I use confidentiality as I was developing the podcast. We'll talk about if we can ever get to a paranoid side of confidentiality. We'll talk about all that. So I really want your feedback for this one. Just as a reminder, email address, gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. Twitter address is at subteachlounge. And we have that Facebook page that is getting more and more likes every day and followers. And that too is called Substitute Teachers Lounge. You can search for it like that on Facebook. Also, a few more housekeeping things. The last episode, Expanding Your Repertoire, uh, was the fastest listened episode I had in this regard. Typically, the pattern that most of the episodes have had is I, I usually pick up just under 100 listens by the time the next episode comes out, and then it picks up another maybe... Uh, 25 to 50, depending on the episode, the following week. This particular episode last week, Expanding Your Repertoire, hit listen number 106 days. So it is by far the fastest uh, listen to podcast we've had. I appreciate that. It's, it's outstanding. I also want to mention that we just crossed our 2000th listen. So that was exciting for me. If you recall, I said we reached number 1000 in two and a half months. And in just over three weeks, we pushed over the 2000 mark after that. So I'm happy for that. I also want to mention some of you have already seen this on the Facebook page. I was really excited. I, I use a tool called Chartable to kind of keep track of how we're doing compared to other Apple podcasts in the Kids for Education category. And I'm happy to say that a few weeks back we were in the 200s, and now I've seen us as high as number 25 uh, during a particular period. So that means of all the Apple podcasts for in the kid the ed- Education for Kids category. Uh, substitute teachers lounge is consistently coming in number 25 to 30 depending on what day you look at it and how soon we are to an episode that's just been released so again thanks so much for that i want to make an observation too because i mentioned this way back in the in an early episode about how i use jobulator to have it notify me about substitute openings well i went ahead about a month ago and took a the free you know, you can get a free a version of SubAlert for about, I think it's three or four weeks, and I've used it, and I'll have to be honest, I think I had a bias towards Jobulator, but my gut feel is that SubAlert actually was the fastest of the two on, I would say, about 70%. Now, part of that could just be coincidence. As I understand from both of their websites, they both refresh every 60 seconds. So my theory is if the teacher posts an absence just after Jobulator has done its 60-second refresh, well, then it's going to be a full minute before it shows up there. Whereas if it posts the absence about 
10 seconds before subalerts refresh, then subalert would be first. Yes, I studio, do still have some where subalert is faster on one, jobulator is faster on the other. So I'm going to make this commitment to you over the next week between episodes. What I'm going to do is keep a tally. Every time I see subalert come through faster, I'm going to put down a mark. Every time I see jobulator uh, coming faster, I'll put down a mark for jobulator, and I'll just report whether that means anything to you. We'll see how each one of those uh, out, you know, outpaces the other when we get to next week episode. And of course, if it, I know the the only big gripe I've seen about subulator is they don't like uh, subalert. I'm sorry, is if they don't. Uh, some people don't like its font and lettering as well. Jobulator is a little bit easy to read. If that means anything to you. On the flip side, subalert is ninety-five cents less per month. So, and most of us take this per month. I think you can save a little bit by buying the year. But to be perfectly honest, I've been canceling uh, mine after May and firing it back up about late July to start picking up absences for the following year. So I'll leave that all up to you. But let's get back to our main topic today. I think it would be easiest, first of all, to just mention my thoughts when I first put this podcast together, what I was thinking. I think you know that I stay pretty positive, and every episode we have has not been negative at all. And even when I bring up something perhaps on the negative side that happens, you know that I always flip it around by the end of the episode and say where I've learned, where the students learned, and how we both had a positive experience. My goal in this podcast was to make sure we all learn together and grow together and can share resources with each other, and we can share positive ideas about substitute teaching. I say constantly that we're all in this together. I tell you constantly my what my experiences have been. In doing so, this is how I try to keep my confidentiality in check. This is what I decided to do going in. I decided, and we do have some, believe me, I keep saying this, but we do have some interviews set up soon. Anytime I am interviewing students, they will all be required to have their parents or guardian sign a waiver saying that it is okay for me to use their audio. I will not use anything but their first names to keep their privacy. And in fact, I won't even use that if the situation dictates, you know, even trying to keep their names confidential. So that is my promise to you. I have not only talked, I think the ones that I will interview first, the two ladies that I will interview first, I have actually talked to their parents as well. They're on board. I talked to their teacher, and they also have coaches that I have talked to to make sure everybody is aware of what's going on. So that's one confidentiality-type promise I make to you as we do the podcast. You will also notice that when I interview adults, I think I slipped once and used a first name, but my goal when I interview adults is to call them Mr. or Ms. and then use their last name. So if they want to, now if they'd rather remain anonymous, that is perfectly okay with them. And then I always make a commitment to them as well, and it really hasn't happened yet, but I make I tell them in our little uh, you know temporary script that we use, I send them some questions 
just to give them a feel for what I want to ask them, but I also emphasize with them that I want it to be their show for that episode. And if they have interesting stories they like to share, I would rather those stories be shared than us just stick to a bunch of static questions. So if I ask them one question and it leads to a story and that leads to a story, well, then that's the last question I'm going to ask them. I would rather, I think the show is going to be much more entertaining if I let them talk about their experiences. So I make that commitment to you. I also have made a commitment from the very beginning that I want this show to always stay positive and I want it to stay confidential. So you will never hear me talk specifically about the name of a school. You will never hear me talk specifically about the name of a teacher. You will never hear me talk specifically about the name of a student or anybody in administration. I think that is the best way to go. That is the only way to give us a confidential show. I'll talk a little bit about paranoia again in that regard in just a moment because I'll tell you some things that I don't know if they happen, but I suspect that they happen. They got back to me on a fourth or it might have even been fifth, uh, you know, fifth person down the line. It came from a meeting and then somebody in that meeting told somebody else, told somebody else, told somebody else. And finally it got to someone that had actually been listening to this podcast So then it got back to me. So you know how it is when thoughts like that carry from one person to another. I'm not sure if I got the full story, and I'll be right up front about that when we talk about it. But I will share that with you here just in just a moment. But I always try to keep things confidential. On the positive side, I will mention that most every school in which I've talked to administrators or teachers about this podcast Normally, it's when they've brought it up, when they've heard about it, and they started listening to it. I've actually had teachers put me on their preferred list as a substitute because they listened to this podcast. That's the way they met me for the first time. Or perhaps when I'm substituting and they're close by in the hallway and they hear me talking about it, they start listening to it. And they have told me that they enjoy listening to it as well. It's nothing but a a resource for us. And as you know, if you've been a steady listener, you know that it's never set up to say anything negative about anybody. I love all these kids. I love all the school systems. I think they provide a, a, a great service. And that's the way I will always approach this. And you know how much I love these students. I talk about them constantly, things that they do, whether it's success in class, their accomplishments, that goes straight to my heart. And I hope that you have seen that as we've progressed. I'll give you a couple of random stories a little bit later on about some things that uh, comically a little bit that happened this week. But I hope you see that in the podcast, that it's always intended to be a positive resource for substitute teachers. It is intended to talk to teachers, regular teachers at times, so they can let us know what type of substitutes they like to have. That's what we did with Ms. Sheffield and Mr. Morgerson in the past as we, when we interviewed them. So I hope you see that from the beginning And that's the way I have tried to set up the confidentiality of this podcast, because I think the confidentiality is very important. I'll also mention that 
one of the things I look at is I look at a lot of Facebook pages for teachers, for substitute teachers, because I like to interact actively, interactively with them rather than, uh, or actually I should say proactively, rather than react, reacting to comments that are made. I like to interact with them in that regard. And in so doing, I often see things that are posted that are probably a little more specific than I would be posting. Uh, perhaps, you know, you can tell when they're posting it. Some of them, they don't use names, but I have seen some posts that uh, a lot of people complain about their jobs. They talk exactly about what their job was. Let's face it, we're in an internet world. You have heard me say before that if I am substituting for a teacher that I haven't met before, I'm always curious about what subject and grade I'm moving into, especially if they don't give me an indication of that when their details get emailed to me about their class for the next day. They can actually, when they go in to load their absence, they can load lesson plans right there. They can make an attachment or they can just make some comments about here's what I want you to do. Even if it's just as simple as this is the grade I teach, I will leave sub plans on my desk. They can leave comments like that. The majority of, of the teachers, I know they're busy and they don't have the time to do that, but I, as of yet, have never been to a classroom where I was totally lost because the teacher didn't leave anything. All the teachers I have run across have been super, super helpful in that regard, and I have never been left hanging, so to speak, when I do that. But, you know, when you read things on the Internet, some of them are very specific. What I do... I, I will search for a teacher if I do not know them to see if, if they have a Facebook page. I don't try. I'm not hacking into their account. I'm strictly looking at information that they have chosen to publicize on Facebook. And by the way, I think most of you know about the court decision that came down on Facebook probably about this time last year. Anything, and I'll, I'll say this for your benefit, anything that gets posted on Facebook publicly is considered discoverable and can be used in a court of law. So you might want to think about that moving forward. That's just a little side note. You can privatize your comments and that helps some, but it, depending on how severe some charges may be, they can still be discoverable. I would encourage you don't put anything on Facebook that you really don't want the public to see. But what I use it for is that if I find a Facebook page for them, what I hope is on there, and very often it is, they will mention I'm a teacher at this school, and I teach this grade, and I teach this subject. That kind of gives me a good mindset going into the next day, because what I will typically do, I'll do two things. I will Google that grade and that topic and have some things in my back pocket just in case I need some time-killing tools at the end of the period. And I'm a Kahoot fan. You guys know that. So I will go into Kahoot and be prepared to have some, some of those queued up in case we need to do that. We actually did a Kahoot in a, in a uh, science class I was in this week with sixth graders, and they enjoyed it. I actually uh, texted the teacher and asked if it was okay. They thought it was great, and I told them Kahoot lets you run reports. So I was able to leave him a report 
of all the Kahoot tests that were taken that day, all the different periods of class. It will show him the name of the students, how well they did. I made sure it was on the topic that they were studying, so it was applicable to the time. And it even has detail by each individual question that was on the Kahoot game, so he can tell how each student in that class performed. So it's a very helpful tool. It gives him a feel for what maybe needs to be explained better to some periods or maybe they can, he can move forward with, with teaching his other students in other periods. So I think Kahoot is very helpful in that regard. So that's one of the tools that I use for him this week. But my point in bringing up the Internet is if you put things out there publicly, it's out there. It wouldn't be that difficult on one of these substitute teachers' pages. I'll tell you this in advance. I won't mention any of the pages. I've mentioned them in the past because I like them. But remember, anything you post on there, even though it's on a private page, you have to be accepted as a member, it can still eventually be found through the Internet in some way, shape, or form. And if you use a lot of details in your regular page, your own profile, then that could eventually be tied back together. So it might end up being a little bit more specific than you had hoped. But that's been out, that's been like that for years. Anytime something is posted on the internet, that is now out there on people's computers. And if people want to find it badly enough, they probably can. Now, there is a reason I bring all this up, and I will classify it on the paranoid side. We know there's a gray area. When we go into the classroom, there's some things we don't tell that student. There's some things that we don't do for those students. Obviously, uh, we should never touch them. It even makes me comfortable at times, especially the sixth graders. You know, they're still in that huggy mode. So they will see me come to class and occasionally come up and give me a hug. And of course, if they initiated it first, I want to make sure that I return the hug to them. But, you know, you, we really have to be careful about how we interact with students, especially if if we've got a negative situation, we just got to make sure that we don't overreact. So getting all that out in the open, sometimes there's a gray line. That gray line on occasion brings some people to paranoia. And this is the story that had gotten back to me this week. Again, it's fifth hand. It might not have even occurred, but here's what I had heard. I had heard that a teacher had become aware of the podcast and was now concerned because they were going to have to listen to this podcast just to see if they were mentioned. And I hate to hear a comment like that because I want to, you know, I have always emphasized the positive side when we've done this podcast. I hate that a podcast is out there to help substitute teachers, but yet some people without actually listening to it react nev negatively from the from the very beginning. And I know if this if this actually happened and it was the teacher I thought it was, I think I was only in that class one time. And there wasn't anything I shared about this particular teacher. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but to be honest, that day was kind of uneventful. Nothing 
utterly a positive happen, nothing negative happened. So it would not be part of any of the stories I had shared with you. Now, I have had a lot of positive experiences that I have shared with you. And I know you you know that I have been careful about not disclosing any names, teachers, or schools when I do that. Sure. I mean, if you were really good and really had the time and you wanted to go to what I said, you wanted to try to estimate the area, you wanted to go to my personal profile on Facebook page, you could probably do detective work and eventually tie them together. But I know some people are paranoid that I shouldn't be even mentioning what kind of class I was teaching. And, you know, that is a little bit concerning for me because... All you have to do is to go to any part of the Internet that talks about teaching, and you can find comments about classes that have been taught and subjects that have been taught and the area in which the school was located. So it's not that difficult to put it together. So all those thoughts are out there. So I say all that to say this. Let's remember to be confidential at all uh, points. I will tell any teacher that is listening to that, I always strive to do my best to keep everything about them confidential. I'm not going to go to the paranoid side and not say that I was in a history class because a lot of what I do, you're going to figure that out anyway because I tell you what I read to them and what we learned that day. So I'm sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable as a teacher. I do think that's a little bit on the paranoid side. And even more so, I think if you just go out and listen to the podcast, you would understand what a great service it's providing. It's going to be even greater when I get more and more people to participate. You know from the beginning that's been my goal because I want this to be your show and not just my my show. Now, I will tell you one thing. The school in which that teacher is located, if this even happened, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to do them a favor, and I have already uh, marked them off my list of schools that I will substitute for, not because I'm reacting in a negative way, but I just think in that situation it will make this person more comfortable and, you know, you know, as well as I do, when you get to know the teachers, I've got plenty of places I can substitute at. So that's what I've chosen to do. I still love everybody at that particular school. I'm going to miss those students. Some of them are listening to this podcast this week. I know that because they've told me. So I hope I'm, I will miss those guys. I will probably see them around like at volleyball games and sporting events and things like that. But I really want, I, I, I just want to give the school and the teacher the benefit of the doubt. And if, if the fact that the podcast is out there is making them uncomfortable, I understand. I also understand that the majority, vast majority, maybe I guess 95% of all the teachers in school systems I've talked to, they don't have a problem with the podcast and they they treat it, they consider it the positive influence that I hoped it would be. And again, I want you to share your thoughts, though. In fact, I will encourage you, if you're going to share something that you would better, yet you would want me to leave confidential and not mention what we thought, if we have enough answers, I'll just include them on a future podcast episode. 
So here's what I would encourage you to do. If you want your answer kept private, send it to my email address, gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. It'll be easier for me if you put down confidential in the subject line so that I know when I receive it what it is. But I will also set up a response page on the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page for us to discuss this episode. I would be happy to to do that and to see what you have to say. I would want to keep that positive. I don't want anybody to have negative reactions. I want us to learn from the confidential uh, experience and not get into any kind of arguments about it because that's not my goal. And I hope you realize that I didn't drop that school for my substitute list to try to get back of them or anything like that. I just thought that it would make give them a more comfortable situation to be in so that they would not have to face that in the future. So that will uh, that's what I wanted to talk about this week about confidentiality. Is there a gray line? Are we as confidential as we should be? I certainly try to be, and that's been my goal from the beginning. I hope you are too, and I want us to share any stories that you know, you might have been faced with a confidential situation that you learned from and that you wouldn't do again. And if I run across any of those, I will do the same. And we'll, this will be a growing process for all of us. So, again, I will mention, email me if you have any thoughts about confidentiality and uh, or uh, the Facebook page or even Twitter. You know, that's more of a public response. But if you feel the need to do that, please do that. And as always want all of us to grow from this and we want to learn how to get better as substitute teachers so that's episode 16 of the substitute teachers lounge and i will see you guys next week let's try to grow even more it's get really exciting believe me when we jump into that top 10 you're going to be the first to know And when it comes to confidentiality and anything else you do as a substitute teacher, please leave by the thoughts that Peter Pan was shared with us. Think happy thoughts. I'll see you next week on Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.